The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Boy, week two waiver wire. It is pretty good. It is pretty loaded. And honestly, it's pretty stressful. I'm freaking out a little bit internally about the waiver wire. (laughs) I don't know if you guys feel that way, but especially in fab leagues, I just, I am looking forward to the next hour of my life so you guys can help me sort it all out. There is a lot going on. Oh, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. Uh, Jamie, you have written the week two waiver wire column. How do you feel about it? You share any of my sentiment? Um, in a couple of leagues, I mean, obviously I, I had a lot invested in JK Dobbins, so I, I need to add a running back and, you know, the two Ravens guys being available and trying to make sense of who's going to be the better of the two is a little struggle, uh, for me, but, um, no, it's, 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 it's certainly, yeah, I, I could see where a lot of people are going to have some, okay, do I go all in on. Kieran Williams. So I go all in on Puka Nakua. Do I go all in on Gus Edwards or Justice Hill? You know, those type of situations. Like Kenneth Gainwell to me is easy. You know, that that's the 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 free space if he's available because he's he's got the chance to be the lead running back for the Eagles. And that's a pretty cool thing to, you know, find on waivers. But, you know, in terms of is Baltimore done? You know, is is Melvin Gordon the answer? You know, so you know, like they there, there's a lot of questions there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if someone's added. So yeah, there's there's some there's some certain uncertainties. And then the the tight end, you know, roulette game of will you add the right one if that one is available? How do you feel about waivers this week, Dave? Morning, guys. I I don't love a lot of the players on waivers this week. And so unless I'm like Jamie and I lost J.K. Dobbins in 75% of my leagues, <laughs> I might let other people spend their fab on the running backs. I agree that Gainwell... Um, very, it, it's it's a shrewd thing to say because everyone's going to look at what Kyron Williams did, and they're going to say, "Well, that's the guy to go after." He just had a bunch of snaps and touchdowns for the Rams. Uh, I, I don't think he's that good. And then they'll say, "Well, J.K. Dobbins is out. Somebody's got to get the work in Baltimore." Well, it might be three people getting the work, and we know that Lamar Jackson likes to run with the ball. So Gainwell 
if, if you think back to what we said before the season started, and then you add in that he played over 60% of the snaps in week one, he seems like the pretty obvious go-to guy at running back. He's available in 46% of leagues. Puka Nakua I buy into. Everybody else on the list I'm nervous about. And right. so unless I really need a wide receiver or I really need a running back, I think I'm going to try and keep my fab bids cheap this week. It's a different story if you've got waivers and you've got the number one waiver claim and Gainwell's not out there. He's rostered already and you don't want to get Nakua. You really need a running back. You want to get Kyron Williams at that point, fine. But I, when it comes to the fab, I think unless you really need one of those two guys, Nakua or Gainwell, save it. Yeah, I mean, Nakua is a fifth-round pick on a Rams team that we didn't expect to be very good. It just blasted the Seahawks, surprisingly. Now, the Seahawks gave up the fourth-fewest fantasy points to wide receivers last year. Nakua's potentially best play was when he absolutely burned uh, their best cornerback, Tariq Woolen, got wide open down the left sideline and was slightly overthrown. It should have been a touchdown. He would have had an even bigger day. The biggest question for me right now is, how is he legit? Because I just feel like he might be. I mean, I, I mentioned this if you didn't listen to the show yesterday, Beyond the Box Score. In May, we did an episode of Beyond the Box Score, and Jacob Gibbs couldn't stop raving about Puka Nakua. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, okay, why are we talking about this guy? I mean, he's gonna be, he's Cooper Cups on the team, and they're the Rams, and we don't expect that much from them, and he's a fifth-round pick and whatnot. And the advanced metrics were so good, targets per route run. And then he led the NFL in targets per route run. He and Tyreek Hill were tied in week one with a minimum of 25 routes. Um, so I don't know. He might just he might just be like a crazy steal. Dave, you have something to say about that? And I just I feel like there's no chance I could leave him unrostered. So it's really a fab question because I know I want to put in a claim for him. But yeah, yeah. go ahead, Dave. So one of the things that I love looking for when I watch film of a player are were there plays left on the field that could have resulted in even better numbers for somebody? And in the case of Nakua, there were three targets where his timing was off just a little bit with Matthew Stafford, including a deep ball from 35 yards out. That would have been a touchdown. Just overthrown just a little bit for Puka Nakua. If they get that straightened out after a week or two of practice, he's going to impact this Rams offense for the rest of the year. And I know what you're worried about, Adam. Is he really that good? I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think do he's too. good at getting open. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's got good size to go along with it. And the other thing that you're probably thinking is, well, what happens when Cooper Cup comes back? Tell me when Cooper Cup is coming back. And then tell me that he's going to be just fine for the rest of the season. You tell me those things, then maybe I'll think twice about spending some significant fab on Nakua. But I think Nakua is locked into a, a spot on the field uh, even when Cooper Cup comes back, it's the exact type of receiver. He's like Robert Woods in that fact. Yeah. He's just he's a good route runner. He knows how to get open. He's got good hands. He's got good size. Occasionally has sneaky great speed. That was the case on that deep throw that he missed with Stafford. I think he's going to end up mattering quite a bit. You can add him now. At worst, he'll be a number three receiver. All right. So if Puka Nakua is 7% rostered today, how rostered should he be by Thursday? He'll probably be around 50% would be my guess. I don't know if he's going to be much higher than that because you got to remember 10-team leagues, how many people are going to add him. Um, it's a matter of, again, who you're dropping. You know, I, I I really struggled so far with, like, these are receivers you should be dropping. It's a little bit easier at the running back position because a couple of guys were healthy scratches. You know, Devon A-Chain, Rashad Penny, you know, if they want to drop those guys for Puka, I totally get that. But at the receiver spot, it's a little bit more more of a struggle. Now, if you can – or you have some significant injury concerns, you know, and, and you're – 
need need replacements at that spot. You know, you drafted Christian Watson and Jerry Judy or Cooper Cup, you know, some of those scenarios where you might have a lot of wide receivers to replace, then you might prioritize him a little bit more. But I don't know if this is the week he jumps 80%. You know, that could be a 50% jump this week, and then he's in, you know, the 80s by next week. He has another big game. He's got San Francisco this week, unfortunately. There's some tough matchups coming up for Nakua. He's got San Francisco at Cincinnati, at Indianapolis, Philadelphia. It's like a mix. But, uh, okay, so would you drop the Chiefs wide receivers for Puka? Yes. If they were your worst wide receivers, yes. To okay. me, Sky Moore, yes. Kadarius, I'd have a hard time with, but but probably so. Okay. One of the, I think Adam Thielen is a, is 70% rostered. He's a, he's a no-brainer. Um, there are many guys, because he's only 7% rostered, so there are many guys that can be dropped for Puka Nakua. All right, we'll talk more about him a little bit later. I think we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets here. Uh, here's the big news that we'll be following throughout the week. Aaron Rodgers out for the season. I don't know if that's official, but Robert Sala said Zach Wilson's going to be our starter for the rest of the season, so uh, you can assume. Austin, Austin Eckler hurt his ankle, and we don't know. They've got Tennessee, which was one of the hardest matchups last year, was once again in week one. So keep that in mind for Josh Kelly. But they got Tennessee coming up. Uh, J.K. Dobbins with the torn Achilles. Baltimore says they're staying in-house, which would mean Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill, and they'll elevate Melvin Gordon from the practice squad. Travis Kelsey is getting better. However, Jay Glazer, I guess, reported about the amount of blood that they drained from his knee. And pro football doc, Dr. Chow, said if that's how much blood they drained from his knee, Kelsey's not playing in week two. So... Keep that in mind. Don't consider him a lock to play in week two at Jacksonville. Uh, Aaron Jones grabbed his hamstring. He thinks he's fine, it seems. They're going to monitor it. We'll see about Aaron Jones. Christian Watson says he's a lot better chance to play in week two. Kenneth Gainwell actually has injured ribs. we got to keep this in mind. they got a Thursday game, and if they had practiced on, mon- on Monday, he would not have practiced. He has an in- injured ribs. And uh, I think that's more just one of those Monday designations of not 100%, but not in danger of playing. Well, I hope so. <laughs> it's, it's For the, his sake, yeah. I hope so, because they've got a fresh Rashad Penny. That could have been, I, this is just my conjecture, they could have rested Penny uh, in week one, knowing that they have a Thursday game, and then they could just make Penny active and quote-unquote unleash him in week two against Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, But that I, would assume that they knew Gainwell was hurt before the game. No, they, they could have assumed that they wanted a fresh running back for week two. Why would they not use him in week one? Because they figured that they didn't need to because they wanted to save him because they have Kenneth Gainwell. All right. That makes no sense, but okay. Sure it does. <laughs> they're going to save their players, but just assume they're going to win? For a Thursday game? Yes. It's a short week game. He's a running back who's prone to injuries. They'd rather have him for week two against Minnesota, which is an easier play. Again, this is in my head. This isn't what I heard or anything like that. Okay. For all I know, he's if Penny's inactive on Thursday, then you know to drop kick him off your roster. And Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson both left with injuries. Uh, if you have any Apple podcast questions and you want them read on the mailbag, please uh, send them in early this week because I'm having trouble seeing them if they're not a few days early. So please, uh, even now, if you can think ahead to start sit questions in Apple podcast, uh, they don't get read until Friday. So if you have any, you know, Thursday questions, don't send those. But uh, Apple podcast questions, leave us a five-star review with a question. Let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers news here. And, what it means for everyone on the jet. By the way, hello. Welcome back, Brees Hall. 83-yard run? You might have the longest run of the season of any running back. It was, uh, wow. Um, but 
Jamie, what a downgrade to Zach Wilson. They were extremely run heavy last year with Zach Wilson in the eight games that he started and finished. He averaged, I think, about 199 yards per game. He had just under 200 yards per game, but only 28 pass attempts per game. Garrett Wilson scored fewer than seven PPR fantasy points in five of those eight games. He did catch an amazing touchdown last night. Give me your thoughts on the Jets' offense right now. He played defense and then played offense yeah. in the same play. Um, it's it's uh, look, Brees Hall looked great, you know. So that's a huge positive for the Jets, for fantasy managers, and and, and everybody involved with Brees Hall. So I hope he stays healthy. And, and if, if that's the case, you got maybe a steal if you got him in the fifth round or later. So let's just keep him keep him upright. But um, for Garrett Wilson, it's a significant downgrade. I mean, I don't know if you can consider him a must-start receiver in a two-receiver league this week against the Cowboys and how good that defense looked, knowing that Zach Wilson's going to be under duress and and really looked, you know, awful again last night. Now, he did look better in the preseason, which is encouraging, and, and I think being around Aaron Rodgers, being around the the, the new system there with Nathaniel Hackett will, will help him uh, improve on what he's looked like the first two years of his career, but that doesn't necessarily mean everything is fixed. And so I'm curious what the next move is going to be. You know, do they... Do they bring somebody in that they're familiar with? You know, Joe Flacco, for example, again. Do they go out and maybe kick the tires on a Carson Wentz? Do they explore trade? You know, there's there's a lot of scenarios here to bring in somebody else to help Zach Wilson. But as Robert Sala said, he's the starter. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's the only guy in the quarterback room. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what that next part of the story is going to be. But for now, it's a huge downgrade, huge downgrade for Garrett Wilson. It's uh you know, going to be very frustrating, I think, for him moving forward. I hope that's not the case, but that's just the way it feels. Okay, so if you're drafting today, Garrett Wilson goes in what round? Four. At the earliest. So, you now, don't... I will say this. Try and buy low, because we could be wrong. But the okay. schedule, remember, the schedule is always going to be brutal. And the hope was he was going to thrive with better quarterback play. But if, again, if Zach Wilson just does one thing and one thing only, it's pepper that guy with targets, Garrett Wilson with targets, and and hopefully he makes some of those crazy plays like he did last night. So if somebody is really panicked and you can get something good for him, you know, if you could turn, you know, I know this is crazy, but you could turn the Puka Nakua's of the world into, you know, and something into Garrett Wilson. Try and make that happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think who had a, a big week one that was a, a mid-round pick or a late-round pick. Was Michael Pittman. <laughs> Like you're not yeah. you're not trading Calvin Ridley for Garrett Wilson at this point, but you you're yeah, you're looking yeah. for, you know, somebody that yeah Michael Pittman and something for Garrett Zay Flowers. Wilson. Would you give up Brandon Zay Flowers and something? Brandon Ayuk maybe for for Garrett Wilson if you want to go that route. Mm. Would you do that? Would you rather have Ayuk or Wilson? Um, I probably would still rather have Wilson. I have Wilson higher on the trade chart. Okay. Uh, Wilson yesterday, I, I want to say, I don't know if shadowed is the right word, but definitely saw a lot of Tredavious White, who did a nice job on him, and that's who he scored the touchdown Yeah, but against. if Rodgers is there, that doesn't matter. Uh, no, but, but uh, you know, but it probably could have also partially explained his low production. It was five catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. Well, I think what explains his low production is probably Josh Allen vomiting all over himself and the Jets realizing that if we just, manage the game we might be able to steal it which they did yeah that was boy they they really do a great job against josh allen I, I think i'm guessing it's something like two touchdowns five interceptions in his last three games against the jets going back to last year all right i think it's crazy that, that he's 0-5 in his career in overtime so i usually ask you this at the top of the show but 
I'll ask you now. Who are your top three waiver wire priorities for Fantasy Week 2? Puka's first for me. I think that he's the best one to go after. Gainwell would be second if he's out there. And then I don't really have a third. Uh, if if you want to just get somebody cheap who can sit on your bench and maybe eventually be a, a bi-week replacement or a number three receiver in a PPR league, Jacoby Myers would be that guy. Kyron Williams, if you lost a running back, there's probably going to be more people out there that would take Kyron Williams ahead of Jacoby Myers. That would be my third guy. So let's call it Puka, Gainwell, Kyron Williams. Uh, I'll go Gainwell, Puka, and Gus Edwards. Hmm. Okay. Uh, just to throw this out there, Kyron Williams dominated snaps. I know Akers had more, a lot of carries. Had 22 carries, I he think. He did. This is two-thirds to one-third in terms of the snaps. Almost all the third downs were Kyron Williams. So, in week one, he was the lead running back. We've done this long enough where we get a lot of food use. And some, I can see that happen with the Eagles, right? I mean, let's throw that possibility out where DeAndre Swift has a bigger role. In fact, Nick Sirianni said about both Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift, we can't let that happen again, basically. Those guys have to get more touches. But, you know, do you feel more secure with Kenneth Gainwell as the true lead running back or with Kyron Williams? Uh, it's hard to say he was the true lead running back when he had fewer carries. But I, I mean, what is what is my question here? Which, which I feel, I feel, I feel better about getting the Eagles running back than I would the Rams running back. No, I, I, get, right. I, I understand that. No one's going to argue that. But which backfields do you feel like you have more clarity on or is the answer neither? Well, for one... We had an entire training camp. I don't want to say offseason, but an entire training camp of every Eagles beat writer for for the most part saying Gainwell's the guy, Gainwell's the guy, Gainwell's the guy. And then we get to week one and Gainwell's the guy. And Penny's inactive and DeAndre Swift barely plays. And so we had Tom Spencer, who was covering this game as part of CBS's broadcast crew, saying that Nick Sirianni said it was DeAndre Swift's name that came out of his mouth the most. So I don't really know what to make of it aside from Everything we heard. I don't know, but I specifically remember at least two reporters saying they want DeAndre Swift to right to do, to be the guy. So the but reports there's, there's were just as messy as this backfield could end up And actually seeing him be the guy. No, I know. It's just I don't think all of the reports were saying Gainwell. I think there was kind of a, a disagreement in the <laughs> in the beat. Uh, can I? going to be, but it's Gainwell through week one. Can I remind everybody of the logic? in taking Gainwell and why Gainwell was a good late round pick to begin with is he can do anything that the Eagles ask him to do. He's done it already. He was their best running back in the Super Bowl in terms of snaps played and usage and even in the playoffs leading up to that. What do you know about DeAndre Swift? He gets hurt a lot. What do you know about Rashad Penny? He gets hurt even more than DeAndre Swift. So having that guy on your fantasy team seems like eventually he's going to come into play. And then in week one, he played 62% of the snaps. Adam, you talked about this. On third and fourth downs, he played seven of 14 snaps. Inside the 10, two of four snaps. That That's a running back that you want to have on an Eagles team that uh, I think they underwhelmed along the offensive line, but they should get better there. And the matchups will be easier there. And that starts on Thursday. And so forget about what I said about Penny. Like if he if, if the Eagles end up making him active, we'll see what he does. Gainwell's the one you obviously want to have on your team. Yeah. Um, I also know this about Gainwell. He has hardly any explosive plays in the regular season. I think his longest run was against the Giants in the postseason. It was something like 35 yards. 
DeAndre Swift has been one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. He's a big play waiting to happen. Um, so that's why I was leaning Swift. Everybody was well, taking Swift sure. over Gainwell. And he went. He was drafted ahead of yeah. Gainwell. So um, the other thing is, I'll say this about Gainwell. He had four catches yesterday. That's more than Miles Sanders had in any game last year. Mm-hmm. So good for Gainwell. All right, I'm not. Right, I'm that certainly really Swift. Good for Swift if that eventually becomes what his opportunity is. I just want to be clear. I'm not disputing that Gainwell should be picked up. I mean, it could definitely be. It's either him or Nakua, as you guys said, as number one. Dave has Nakua one, Gainwell to Jamie. Just got to throw that possibility out there that in, on Thursday the Eagles' backfield, even if Gainwell plays, could could be different. You know. Yes, and that's the thing that we heard a lot about from Eagles beat reporters over the summer and into the preseason Mm -hmm. was that they're going to mix and match these running backs from game to game. So I I can't guarantee that Gainwell is going to play 62% of the snaps every week. I'm just thinking that he's got the best shot to last the season and have a, a decent role in every game. This show, I think we have to spend a lot of time talking about who to drop. It's easy to say we should add these players, but who should we drop? So stay tuned. We have a lot to get to today, including the t- we'll do the top three at each position. We'll give you kind of a snapshot of the waiver wire. Then later in the show, we'll go deeper. Um, I, there's one more name I want to throw out because the threshold that Jamie uses for this column, waiver wire, is 65%. He's not going to highlight the guys who are rostered in more than 65% of leagues, we consider those shallow leagues. However, on other websites, ESPN and Yahoo in particular, I think you do see a lot more 10-team leagues. So those guys uh, that might be 70% rostered in our leagues, or a guy like Nico Collins, who's, I think, 78% rostered, might be widely available if you're not playing on CBS. So there's one more name I want to throw out, and that's Romeo Dobbs. And he is 67% rostered, so he just missed the cut. And it's very realistic that he could be out there in, in all of these in a lot of our listeners' leagues where they're looking at now Gainwell, Romeo Dobbs, and Nakua. And if that's the case, guys, who's the who's the top priority? Dobbs. Yes. Okay. Get Romeo Dobbs. Sixty. I can't believe he's only sixty-seven percent rostered. <laughs> I can't believe Nico's only seventy-two. I mean, there's there's a lot of 72. surprising, mm-hmm. you know, names. I, I can't believe Jacoby Myers is only sixty-five percent. Um, yeah, but people I aren't going to be crazy to start Jacoby Myers. I don't know if they'll be crazy to start Nico either, but Dobbs is one that they people might eventually say, "Oh yeah, that's a must-start guy." I'm, I'm, I wonder if how much of the hamstring injury going into Week One, when so many drafts happen Labor Day weekend and those first few days before the Thursday night opener, yeah. that they were like, "Oh, I can't draft him now." Dobbs, yep. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Fab. We'll give you a snapshot of the top three at each position. And we'll do some more news and notes, recap the Jets-Bills game. It was an interesting day for uh, James Cook, I'd say. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. We'll get to that. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, let's get back to it here. How much fab? We got all of our budget left, so what percentage are we using on Kenneth Gainwell? Um, If you lost a running back or you lost a player don't have a player that's going to help you this week so you're concerned about Eckler Aaron Jones I would say probably up to 15 percent oh you're not getting them oh I think you might with 15 percent for the Eagles starting running back that's you know I bet in our podcast league well that's 14 teams so in that league he's going to go for more I do appreciate Thomas dropping him right before the start of the season in our magazine league (laughs) (laughs) put those claims in I'm on one don't you think there's going to be more hype around the guys who scored and the guys who are now going to play in Baltimore? No. So Kyron Williams, I think, is going to get a lot of attention. I think people are going to overbid for him. You think that Gainwell will not be the most expensive running back? Well, here, here's here's the thing again. So. It's he's he's rostered fairly highly by comparison. Mm-hmm. So in the leagues where he's available, he'll probably go for more than Williams or one of the Ravens guys or any of the receivers. But in terms of who's who's going to command more fab, probably in, in most leagues is going to be Karen Williams just because he's more widely available. Okay. Um, so 15% for Gainwell. How much for Nakua? 10. Like, what'd you say? 10. Yeah, you won't get him for 10. But again, I'm, you're talking about a guy that's 7% rostered and the majority of people are going to look at it and say Cooper Cup could come back in week five. And then what does that look like? I think you get him at 20%. So I, you definitely get him at 20%. Yeah. I so if you need a wide receiver that bad, <laughs> a lot of wide receivers are hurt right now. You and then you're going to waste start. that money. If he goes a, a stinky game against the 49ers, you're going to be really pissed. Okay. But if he actually has a decent game against the 49ers, cause his quarterback is good and they're not going to be able to run against the 49ers. Keep that point in mind with Kyron Williams. Then you're going to be thrilled to have spent 20%. Well, spend 17%. I, I if think, you think if you, he's going to go, he's going to go for more than 10%. You're going to need to spend more than 10. It's the first fab week of the year. Everybody's hot to trot to spend their fab. It's one of the reasons why I'm telling you, try and save it if you can. Because there's going to be some wild bits. On the other hand, now you're saying save it, but also spend it on him? Yeah, because if you need a wide receiver, spend 17%. He's the best receiver out there, Jamie. You said it yourself. I don't think look, if you believe in him and it's week it's week two, you could have him for the entire season. If you believe in Puka Nakua, 17% of your budget is absolutely reasonable. Now, if you guys think that's too much, that's fine. But if, if you're someone who believes in it, and by the way, Matthew Stafford was awesome. Uh he was the second highest graded quarterback in PFF, which I suspected would be the case. Nobody was going to be better than Tua. He was barely pressured, which was one of the reasons he was awesome. But he looked great, and he hasn't really been healthy in so long. He was dealing with the injury in the preseason at the training camp last year, and then he obviously got hurt during the season. He's healthy right now, and he played great. So, um, you know, if you believe in—do you think this is reasonable? If you believe in Puka Nakua, and you can get him for the entire season— then spending 20% of your budget is perfectly reasonable. And by the way, if he stinks against San Francisco, do not drop him. You should give exactly. everyone a leash when they're playing San Francisco. I mean, you think that's fair to say that 20% is okay if you're a believer? If here? you believe in him that he's going to be a weekly starter for you, then absolutely. 
I mean, if he's a weekly starter, let's just say there is a weekly starter on waivers, you should spend 50% of your fab on a weekly starter, or you should be willing to do it. You don't have to with Nakua. But a sure. guy that you can start every week, if he's on waivers and you get him for the rest of the season in week two, that's a 50% type of player. Sure. If that's but, what you believe, sure. Yeah, but that's crazy. I don't believe that about Nakua. I don't think there's saying. anybody that's worth even 25% that's out there on the waiver wire. I'm, and I'm saying, scared that people are going to go and bid that much on everybody that we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, it might happen. So, I mean, that's the other side of it, too. If you don't really need Puka Nakua, then just... Don't don't bid or don't bid a lot. Bid the ten percent. If you get him, awesome. If not, you shouldn't be that heartbroken over it. But I think he's going to be pretty good. Okay. I already got I already got a trade offer in, in one dynasty league for him. What is uh, it? I won't say who sent it to me, but uh, it was a, a third round rookie pick for Puka Nikola. Oh come on, yeah, come you on. can tell him to kick rocks. <laughs> it wasn't me, everybody. Just so you know, no, it was not. It was not the Big Burger Dynasty League. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, no, I just, I just think it's interesting that we, the talent we have, the the possibilities we have on the waiver wire this week. It's tough when it's week two and we have really nothing to compare it to. Um, but it's much better than week two last year. We were going through that before the show. Well, no, but there there were two receivers who stood out. You know, looking back at the list, which were Jahan Dotson and Christian Watson, and the similarities are rookies on a team that you know needed targets. And Christian Watson, we know, took some time. Uh, it wasn't that much time, you know, by week four, I think it was when he started to, you know, pick things up. Um, Dotson, we know, was very touchdown dependent early in the season, but clearly when he was on the field, he was fantastic. So you could get some situations where Puka's going to have some big weeks and you could get some situations where he might disappear. You know, just the, the, the concern would be is if he has a bad week two, he might have a good week three, might have another stinker week three. Week four, who knows? By week five, he might not be the guy getting the targets. That's the thing you have to just understand. Yeah. I agree with Dave. We don't know when Cooper Cup's coming back, but that's the timetable right now is potentially week five. And if that happens, is Matthew Stafford going to support two wide receivers in this offense? He's done it before at 35 years old with that offensive line. Can he do it again? I just don't know if Seattle's any good. Slim says, doesn't your fab depend on the tendencies of your league? Some will spend all, some won't. Know your league. And 100%. I agree. And of from, course. from my perspective, you know, I'm probably going a little aggressive here because my leagues, they're pretty much all three receiver leagues. One of my fab leagues is 14 teams. If you're in a 12-team, two-receiver league, then you don't yeah. need to spend 20% of your fab on Puka Nakua. All right. No. Uh, yeah, and honestly, you shouldn't spend 20% unless you need a wide receiver. How you much for Gainwell? Did I ask you that? Hmm? Did I ask you how much for Gainwell? Or just Nakua? I think you did. Uh, Gainwell, yes, I'd be closer to twenty percent for him. Okay, how much for? Kyron I think you Williams? said. I think you said fifteen percent. And Adam, you said, "Oh, there's no way he's going to go for that much." And I think he might, just because yeah, I think the I other running backs are going to command a lot, if not more. I do have, I have to apologize for that. I'm sorry. I just I I think I got a little bit too in my own league, there, in my own world, because again, you darted it. A little bit, yeah. My leagues are, I think, are a little bit deeper. The waiver wire is a little bit shallower just because there's so many three-receiver leagues and 14-team uh, whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think like a regular 12-team, two re- two running back, two-receiver, one-flex league, yeah, probably was a little bit too too aggressive with my fab calls. But, you know, it just takes one person in every league 
to spend crazy amount on a player. That happens all the time. Don't be well, that. We person. had, Don't I mean, just to person. give you an example on on two rookie wide receivers. You know, so Dave and I play in 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 a dynasty league. We're both following the rookie draft. Puka and Trey Palmer were available, and I think Palmer went for just a ridiculous amount. It was to a Bucks fan, so take that into account. But um, he was the most added. Most most fab was spent on him. And I think I got Puka for like two hundred of a thousand dollar budget. Now again, this is a fourteen team dynasty league where the waiver wire is just brutally thin. Like for example, I spent I think it was like five hundred dollars, five hundred units, whatever you want to say, on Isaiah Pacheco last season. At the same time, first time waivers ran, I needed running back help. He was to me worth worth the the the, the buy. The year before, I did the same thing for God. I don't remember the Saints receiver. Um, who who flashed in the preseason? Oh, I was just thinking Marcos Callaway. It wasn't Marcos Callaway. It was um, it wasn't. I think it might have been Marquez Callaway. Was it Marcos Callaway? I remember taking him over Brandon Cooks that year. <laughs> I guess there was, there was yeah. there was you know just complete overspend. Um, but I did the same thing with with Puka in terms of you know for two hundred. I thought that was appropriate. Um, and so right. you know it, it all depends on like you said you got to know your league you got to know what's available. 14 team league, you might want to spend 50% on him because there may not be anybody else coming down later in the season that's that's as potentially good. In a in a 10 team league, 5% might get it done. Right. Okay, guys. Sorry. So let's go just real quick. Give me a fab percentage on Kyron Williams. 10. I wouldn't go any higher than like 12 or 13 unless I was just I, I even that feels high. I feel gross saying that much. Okay, Gus Edwards. Yeah, at most. Justice Hill. Five to ten. I'm not excited about these guys, Adam. So I'm 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 good with that amount. Let's get some more names floating out there. Who are the top three at each position? Jamie, you can start with quarterback. Well, quarterback's not exactly the most exciting one, but you have I think Jordan Love, you know, because if he was able to look like that, I know it wasn't in terms of most efficient, but still productive without Christian Watson. He's my favorite. Brock Purdy second, but again, both these guys are 50, more than rostered in more than fifty percent of leagues. And I'm still going to go back to Sam Howell, only thirty nine percent, but again, not the the most exciting group. When you have you know Mac Jones, first thirty point game ever, you know is that something that's sustainable? Probably not. Baker Mayfield looked decent, but is that sustainable? Probably not. So uh, I'll lean on you know a couple of guys uh, that I thought were going to be good in terms of Howell and Love, and then go with uh, Brock Purdy, who I needed to see it, and and he looked very good. They're already going to be rostered in Superflex in two QB leagues. And so oh. the whole point of adding them in one QB leagues is let's see what happens. Right. Let's see if these guys can can break out and then either be bi-week quarterbacks or guys that you can trade when a when another quarterback gets hurt, something like that. So you shouldn't spend a lot of fab for them, and they, they shouldn't be close to the top of your waiver claims either. Right. I, I, I was surprised, and you know, this is probably just the amount of people who play in Superflex and, and two QB leagues still. But Mac Jones is only rostered in 16% of our leagues and Baker Mayfield 23%. So there might be some 10-team super flex or, or 2QB leagues where they're out there. So just make sure you you roster those guys just in case. I mean, as we just saw, Aaron Rodgers just lost for the season. you know, So it could end up being trade bait. Oh, well, I have Mayfield. He's my fourth quarterback in our super flex league. And I will be calling up the Aaron Rodgers manager today. <laughs> they, go. got, they got Chicago this week. He could actually do well. Um one thing about Howell in a one QB league, if you're interested, his next three games are Denver, Buffalo, and Philadelphia. That is not not what you like to see. No, but you know, it, again, it's more about as Dave alluded to. You know, you're not picking these guys up to be starters. You're picking them up to see what they can do 
if you need them when we get to the bye weeks and we talk about injuries and, and things that become problematic. So for right now, you have a roster spot to play with for a zero bid, a $1 bid, depending on how your leagues go, get ahead of it. Yeah. All right. Running backs, Dave, who are the top three running backs? Probably have covered this. We, we've already covered Gainwell as one. I think Kyron Williams, just based on volume, is number two. I've got Gus three. Uh, Justice Hill after that. Zach Moss after that. And then Josh Kelly is an interesting one. He's available in 82% of leagues. We don't know if Austin Eckler is going to play in week number two. And so that could open the door for Kelly to see quite a lot of work in a tough matchup against Tennessee. I think if you've got Eckler, you should, and you, and you don't like your running back depth, that's probably who your priority is. I'd yeah. also look at Kendra Miller just because Jamal Williams did a lot of Jamal Williams things. I know it was against the <laughs> Titans, but that could be a situation for the next two weeks if he's healthy, that maybe he has an opportunity if he does get a chance to get on the field. I think and we you should, get him for nothing. Let, let's talk a little bit about Zach Moss and Josh Kelly. If I told you that Eckler were out this week, where would you rank Josh Kelly? And first of all, I think it's pretty clear that we've got a high-end handcuff situation here anyway, so mm-hmm. not a bad idea to get him. But if Eckler were out this week against the Titans, where would you rank Kelly? Right At around least 20. as a top 24 running back. Okay. Uh, he probably would be, I'm guessing, the highest ranked of all of these guys, Gainwell, yes. just for this week. Um, Moss is interesting because last year at the end of the season, he had four straight games with with pretty big work. And Deion Jackson was terrible in week one. So I don't know that Moss is coming back in week two. But, you know, what do you you guys think? Is it kind of a sneaky ad here? What are we thinking? His next three games are Houston, which is amazing, Baltimore, which is terrible, and then the Rams, which we're not sure yet. But uh, Moss, 24% roster, Zach Moss. He would still be below Gainwell, below the Ravens guys, below Kieran Williams, and below Josh Kelly for me. You know, so I, I think you're just talking about with the with the chance of maybe getting one game out of Zach Moss, one uh, percent. Okay. Yeah, but that's all it should take. Maybe maybe like two percent if you wanted to just beat the guy that's going to go one percent for Zach Moss. Remember, there's still a chance Jonathan Taylor's back in three weeks. Still a chance, he's chance too. is going up. What's that? There's still a chance he's traded too. It is. And so I don't mind having Moss on my bench. Like that that's a good guy to target if you're just looking for running back bench depth without having to spend a lot of fab. Jamie, who's the uh who are the top three wide receivers? We said if Romeo Dobbs is available, he's number one. Um, but uh, who's the top three after that? Uh I moved Jacoby Myers and Jawan Johnson just for the notes I sent you to the the shallow leagues part. Um so Puka would be one, Zay Jones would be two, and Josh Reynolds would be three. Oh, Zay Jones. Interesting. Mm. And Reynolds. Again, you're just yeah. attaching yourself to a good quarterback right now, and he's somebody that, you know, still going to be a playmaker for them. You think that'll be consistent? No. But again, <laughs> look at the guys who are available that we tend to talk about. You know, is Darnell Mooney going to be consistent? Is Josh Reynolds going to be consistent? Is Raji Rice going to be consistent? You know, like there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty there. So when when in doubt, find the quarterback, and the quarterback looked awesome. Okay. If that throwing that touchdown catch to Zay Jones, the whole thing, the throw and the catch were really cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Reynolds. I mean, Reynolds, the Thursday guys, it feels like it was a month ago, but he had 80 yards, led the team in receiving. Let's see. Who does he play next? He's got Seattle, then Atlanta, at Green Bay, and then Carolina. You so, that's a pretty decent, that's a good stretch for Reynolds. Yep. 
And we don't know what the deal is with Myers. I would have Myers ahead of Reynolds if we knew Myers was going to be okay. Myers would be be second for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Myers in the concussion protocol had a huge game. Fun stat about the um, Falcons. I think it is now... One of their of the last eleven quarterbacks who have faced the Falcons have scored more than eighteen fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Uh, all right, tight ends, tight ends. Dave, who are the top three tight ends to get? I was waiting to get to this position. Uh, Hayden Hurst is number one for me. Jake Ferguson is number two. Um, in shallow leagues, Laporta and Komet might be out there, but in most leagues, they won't be. Zach Ertz and Luke Musgrave are like tied for third. Um, and if that's format dependent. If it's non PPR, there is no Ertz. It's all Luke Musgrave. Okay, uh, Jamie, Dave goes Hayden Hurst, Jake Ferguson, Ertz, and Musgrave. Any other names, or you like that list? Uh, yeah, just different order. I go Ferguson first. I think if they were in a more competitive game, we would have seen better production from Ferguson. And the fact that Hendershot dropped an easy touchdown uh, probably may cost him whatever snaps he was getting as well. So. Uh, Ferguson for me, then Hurst, then Musgrave, then Ertz. But you can look I'll at. Add you know, that, I'm, I'm sorry, Jamie. Go ahead. You can look at Hunter Henry too. Uh, if if you're looking for a tight end long term, Ferguson should be first on the list. If you need a tight end just for now, Hurst is that guy. Yeah, Ferguson gets the Jets in week two, but he had all of the red zone targets for the Cowboys, all four of them, and he did have seven targets. He didn't look very good though. He had two drops, but uh, but. As I mentioned yesterday on Beyond the Box Score, really good role for Jake Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DSTs, are the Cowboys available? And are the Cowboys no. going to score more fantasy points in week two against the Jets than they did in week one? <laughs> which we found out last night on the live stream was not the highest scoring DST performance ever. Uh, that was, I think, the Browns in 1989. But uh, it was... <laughs> sensational week winning performance for the Cowboys DST. Uh, Jamie, who are the DSTs to add? Uh, I'd go with the Browns first. They look great. And I think that will continue against Pittsburgh, which looked awful. Uh, the Giants just because they get the Cardinals Packers. Uh, I think they look pretty good and we'll see how the Falcons offense, how they show up. And then the lions, I might take the lions over the Packers. If I had to make a choice just because the two tackles for the Seahawks are a little banged up right now. Yeah. Um, but those four for me, what's the lions roster ship? 18%. Not bad. Did you have the Giants on your list? I did. Second, yeah. Okay. He went Browns, I like Giants, them. Packers. But I, I think the Browns do give you more rest-of-season appeal. That pass rush was nasty. The, they're, and their secondary is deep. So that that's a DST that you could grab and then not have to worry, theoretically, not have to worry about the rest of the year. So uh, the Packers, just Quay Walker, starting linebacker for them, is in the concussion protocol, so you can think about that. They have the Falcons this week. The Falcons actually are not a good match. They weren't last year either. Not a good matchup because they never throw. So you don't get sacks and you don't get interceptions. So I just want to throw that out there. They they weren't a good, good matchup last year, and I don't know that they will be this year because they're just so stinking boring. They're They're not good for anyone. <laughs> in they're running backs. They're good for the running They're great for Tyler Algier. Congratulations. If Tyler Algier and Kenneth Gainwell were on your waiver wire, who would you prioritize? Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some other news items here. Steelers had a terrible week with injuries. In addition to Johnson and Fryermuth, Cam Hayward's out several weeks, and their right tackle left, and he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's show, but Anthony Richardson said he actually hurt himself in the first quarter when he hit his knee on the turf, so he played through that until the very end. 
Greg Dulcich. Yeah, he was limping around a little bit right after that. He and especially Josh Allen need to stop taking so many hits. Josh Allen was well, he's going to take a lot of hits. A psycho last night. <laughs> uh, Greg Dulcich left with a leg injury, which what was did you a think shame. about Richardson? I didn't talk to you about it. I was impressed, but I, I went. And I watched the. I watched the, the film tape. I always forget what it is now. Tape. Um, very conservative. It, it was really interesting. You know, he didn't throw downfield at all, but he was really decisive. Got the ball out of his hands super quick. And a big contrast to C.J. Stroud. I saw every time he was under pressure, he was running for his life trying to make something happen. Richardson was just like, nope, I'm getting them distributing the ball. It was cool. It's good for him. And Justin Fields needs to do more of that. You know, it was, I well, think for a guy making his first start to be that comfortable was very impressive. Justin Fields needs to throw downfield a little bit more. Also true. That was his uh, problem. He had four news? throws of 11-plus air yards. No, Jamie, I don't want bad news, okay? Shove it. <laughs> what is it? Deontay Johnson's out a few weeks, according right. to Schefter. Just a few weeks? Just a few weeks sucks. That's good news, because it looked like he was grabbing a torn hamstring. Let me tell you, man. Podcast League draft. Jamie took three players from me that I was so mad about. Deontay Johnson, Joe Burrow, and Kyle Pitts. <laughs> we played in week one, and I'm happy to report I am 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, J.C. Horn for the Panthers. He left in the second quarter. He's always hurt. Um, the, the, uh, let's talk about the offensive line stuff because Garrett Bradbury, Minnesota center, he left in the second quarter. But the big ones are the Browns' right tackle, Jack Conklin, out for the season. That stinks. Uh, both of those tackles, for it looks like those tackles for the Seahawks are week to week. So is that who's week to week or was it the, uh, a different team that had two? St- oh, it was the Ravens guys are week to week. So the Ravens and the Seahawks both lost two starting offensive linemen. Ravens guys are week to week. And I think the Seahawks guys might be too because they're looking into Jason Peters, who's 40 years old or something. Uh, and then Andrew Thomas, Giants left tackle. He's getting an MRI on his hamstring. He heard it on the kick on the block kick. So those are major injuries that could have an impact. When we come back, we'll talk about... Andrew Thomas again? <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, Jets and Bills. And we will do more waiver wire and, and also tell you who to drop. So I know it's been a long show, but stick around. We have a lot more important information to get to after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jets and Bills. Uh, Jets 22, Bills 16. Let's not spend too much time on this, guys, but you have any major takeaways, Dave, from this game? I thought that Josh Allen got a little too aggressive and uh, four turnovers absolutely stinks. There's nothing to worry about with him. Stay the course with him. Diggs is amazing. Diggs and Allen, that connection, 
it's the whole reason why they were able to kick a field goal late as it was. I, I know people are going to be worried about Gabe Davis. I do think the the shorter interception that Allen had is on Davis for rounding the route instead of making a sharper cut. I think he'll still be a boom bust number three type of fantasy wide receiver. I, I don't like how they used Kincaid. I don't. I, I like the usage of James Cook. I just thought that he'd be uh, a little bit more explosive with it. And then I, I got some thoughts on the Jets that might surprise you. Well, what, or at least one thought. Well, how do you feel about Brees Hall going forward? I mean, that's the biggest question here. I uh, the, I love Brees. I love the comeback story. You know that I was drafting him earlier than I should have been for a while. I hate to say this. He looks a full step slower than he did last year. I think a lot of the plays, the big plays that he had, were because Buffalo was out of position and he beat eight in the box, stuff like that. He's got great vision. He had 83 yards. I know. And he got caught from behind on it. And 83 just, yards downfield. Adam, <laughs> do you, do yourself a favor. Watch that play and then watch right. him last year. Well, all right. I mean, look, I, I, I would it's, clear, it's clear that the <laughs> knee is still doing? an issue for him. Uh, I, I felt like he got real fortunate. On those yeah, plays. he ran out of gas. He wasn't slow. <laughs> he was slow. He was slower than he was what? last year. <laughs> I he mean, was. look, it's possible. It's possible, Dave, but you're talking about week one and comparing him to last year, you know, he's, he was amazing last year. Well, I, what do you think I'm telling you? To to cut Brees Hall or to trade him for no, whatever I, you So get? instead of this, of why don't we just talk about I'm just saying you he think didn't about look him like this. Brees Hall from last year. Well, what do you think about him from a fantasy standpoint? Give me your, where do you rank him rest of the season? Oh, he's a... Top 15 type of fantasy running back rest of season. But if someone's going to come to me and unload for Brees Hall, I'm probably going to trade him. But it's got to be like, I have to get a haul for Brees Hall. I'm not giving him away. I'm not saying he's a sell eye at all. I'm just saying he didn't look so good. And there's going to be games where he's going to play 30 to 40% of the snaps like it was here. And he's not going to break these long runs. So, so do you think this might, this Jamie, might go do down as his best game in the first half of the year? Do you think, Jamie, that Brees Hall is a top 15 running back? No, not there yet, but this is extremely encouraging. I don't think he looks slow. I think he just ran out of gas um, after running that far when he did a lot of the work. Um, so, uh, But I do agree with Dave. I think that you can certainly try and trade him because Dalvin Cook's still going to be a problem, and now you have a bad quarterback on top of it. So still a tough schedule. But this is a uh, this is very, very encouraging. Extremely encouraging to see him do this at this point. Yeah, love it. Even his first carry, I think, was a was a pretty damn good carry. I'm watching it. it he got he got tripped up right around the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. and then he had to put a juke on the defensive back. Yep. So I think you might be being a little bit too harsh on him. I'm just saying the speed is not there. All right, all right. It's just not. I've got him right now as my 13th running back, tied for 13th on the trade chart as we sit here now. So yeah, top 15 running back. If you've got him. I don't know if you feel great starting him in week two. It has nothing to do with the matchup. It has everything to do with just how many plays is he going to have. Yeah, sure. All right, the drop-o-meter here. Let's go to the drop-o-meter. Adam Thielen. Ten, uh, 11. 10, yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Zero. Zero. Jarek McKinnon, 72% rostered. He's droppable, but I, you know he's going to matter in the second half of the season. So I'm going to give it a five. Ten in non-PPR and six in PPR. Right. You can double back for him later if you drop him. Sky Moore, 90% rostered. 
One. Uh, seven. Wow. Big difference there. I'm surprised to hear the one, Dave. I mean, Sky Moore, just because, you know, we do have some some pretty interesting players on the waiver wire this week. But uh, you want to hold on? Not Who's really. this? Sky Moore. Jamie's yeah, said seven. I, I want to keep him on the bench. Yeah. Kadarius Tony. Same one. as Sky. Okay. Uh, Kenny, the only difference is Sky will play more. Kenny Pickett. Ten. Zero in a two QB league. Ten in a one QB yeah, league. No. You know, you don't drop starting quarterbacks in two QB leagues unless you're me. In a ten team league and you drop Justin Fields for Andy Dalton last year. Marquise Brown, ninety three percent rostered. Oh, I think that depends on the size of your league. If you're in an eight team league, he's like an at an eight. Once you get to 10, 12, 14 teams, he's like a two. Two at best. The two, okay, is it one one is don't drop. Ten is drop immediately. So you're saying Marquise Brown is a don't drop. He's a two. Yeah, unless you're in like a super shallow league where there's all kinds of good players on the waiver wire. Would you drop Dobbs? Would you drop Marquise Brown for Dobbs? Yes. Yes, yes. For Nakua? Yes. In those shallow, yeah, I think I would, yeah. Okay. Antonio Gibson, 93% rostered. Not dropping him in PPR league. Not dropping him. Zero. Drop Gibson for Gainwell? If that's your choice, then yes. If that's... Right. Gibson's got to be the worst running back slash player on your bench. Just know someone's going to race to get Gibson as soon as you drop him. Christian Kirk, 0 to 10. Negative 500. Traylon Burke, 64% rostered. Negative 400. Really? Zero. Okay. But you drop... Would Christian you drop, Kirk is the best buy low in fantasy right now. Would you drop Tra- uh, Traylon Burks for Nakua? Drop who? Traylon Burks. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think if you need the receiver help, then yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't want to. Again, someone is going to snap up Burks as soon as you drop him. DeAndre Swift... Zero. Zero. Brandon Cooks. Zero. One in shallower, eh, maybe like a four in shallower leagues, maybe even higher than that. Like the same thing as Marquise Brown. Would you drop Cooks for Nakua? No. Probably not. And Daniel Jones. Zero. One. Okay. Would you drop Daniel Jones for Jordan Love? Uh, no. All right, so we'll go through the rest of the waiver wire here. And it's important to, to talk about the guys who are available in shallower leagues because in, in your other formats, your other Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, they might be available in more leagues. Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are the quarterbacks here that are available in, in fewer than 25% of or 35% of CBS Sports Leagues. <laughs> and um, how do you feel about Wilson and Carr, Jamie? Are they, are, are they must-ads or, or, you know... Well, do you like them better than Jordan Love? How do you feel about Wilson and Carr? Um, I think for Carr, you can buy into a lot of things that that he did well. You know, the interception was, you know, unfortunate, but I still think you look at when he has all these guys healthy now and, you know, Shahid being healthy for week one because he was a little bit banged up in training camp, but clearly Michael Thomas, it's going to be one of the better receiving cores in the league, you know, and so when you factor in the tight end and eventually Alvin Kamara. So, you know, you, you, you're, you're limited. We, we know that he's not going to run. And you're going to need a lot of these big passing games for him. But thought this was a good first step. So would I rather have Hoor or Carr? 
love. Uh, I'd rather have love than Carr, but that's why I had it ranked in the preseason too. Okay. Yeah, Wilson, you know, he's got Washington. Whatever. Um, He didn't do anything really super impressive. Okay, other players in deeper leagues, Mac Jones, Baker. But he also, again, he did that without Judy. Yeah. So keep that in mind too. He was better. I like like that he was moving. You know, he wasn't just standing in the pocket like he was last year. Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, two QB, two QB leagues for those guys. Yes. Okay. But again, first game for Mac Jones. If they can't run and this defense is not going to be as good, if he's throwing the ball 40 plus times, I don't think Bill Belichick wants him throwing 54 times. But if he's throwing the ball 40 plus times, and again, first game with new office coordinator, you know, he looked good. We should mention Kendrick Bourne too. That was, you know, deeper leagues. He's somebody you should absolutely pick up. Agreed. Dynasty leagues. If Demario Douglas is out there, I like him long term as well. Yep. But I look at the schedule for New England. It's Miami, then the Jets, then the Cowboys, then the Saints. It's gonna be a lot of passing. Not a lot of good passing after Miami. No. I would suspect. <laughs> well, we would have said the same thing about the Eagles, though, too. That is true. Uh, the, and the, the Patriots were without both of their starting guards. They were both inactive. So you'd hope yeah. that. I uh, thought it. I thought it was good. I thought Mac looked pretty good. Yep, aside from the interception, he talked about that. And, you know, the the reports, the the grades on the offensive line, I don't know by PFF, but I know the beat writers were very encouraged by, with the guards missing. Do you care what the PFF grade is? Against that team. Sure, Dave, go for it. I'll look it up. All right, we should Keep probably stop talking about quarterbacks, but um, any interest in Matt Staff- Matthew Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo? Not for this week. All right. To the running backs. Let's talk about the shallow league running backs. You got Tank Bigsby, Rashawn Johnson, Tyler Algier. They're all 70 to 79% rostered. Bigsby, Johnson, Algier. Are any of them ahead of Kenneth Gainwell? No. No. Are any of them ahead of Gus Edwards? This is Bigsby, yes. Rashawn Johnson, and Algier. All of yes. them? Uh, Rashawn for sure. Rashawn and Algier for sure. Uh, I don't know about Algier. Don't you feel like he got a lot of work because they were trying to close out the game? I feel like he's going to be an unfortunate guy that's going to be a slight problem for Bijan's ceiling. Oh, oh. I hate those pain-in-the-ass guys. I, 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 I can't sign off on Algier being ahead of uh, those players, and certainly not Roshan. Roshan's a great ad if you can stash him. You know, it's the been thing a- about Algier though is if something happens to Bijan, Algier is a must-start guy. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, who has been a really good running back in his career, Gus Edwards. Every single year, five yards per carry yeah. every year. <laughs> um, that's why just, we like him better eight, than Justice Hill. Eighteen catches in his career, so he's not going to do that. Uh, no. Who do we compare right. him to? Like, who, who do you to? compare Gus to? Yeah, like last year's Brian Robinson, maybe. Yeah, somebody like that's what he does. Okay, he's a, he's a big running back who's actually got like a little bit of speed and quickness to him, given his size. He can burrow at the goal line. We didn't see that in week one for some reason. Justice Hill had that role. I don't know if that's going to keep up though. I, I think that Gus Edwards can be decent, but again, there there could be as many as three running backs from week to week in Baltimore's backfield, and Lamar's still going to take off and run. I don't know how many design runs that Lamar had. Last week, but oh, almost none. At least yeah. early in the game, from what I understand. I wonder if that changes now because of Dobbins not being there. I've got your Patriots grades if you want them. What were they? 
Uh, three, two of the starting offensive linemen had amazing pass blocking grades. Those were Trent Brown and David Andrews. No surprise with those guys. The other three, Calvin Anderson, City Sal, and Antonio Mafe, stunk. Stunk, stunk, stunk in pass protection and run protection, run okay. blocking. Um, Could be run protection. What the hell is that? Don't forget about Josh Kelly, Justice Hill, um, I guess Melvin. How about one more? Sean Tucker of Tampa Bay, who I, I mentioned at times during the preseason. Uh, Rashad White had an ugly first game. I, I think that Sean Tucker could end up taking some work away if if White continues to struggle. A good stash running back. Okay, and Zach Moss. Not that Tucker was great himself, but he could be. Uh, Jamie's got some handcuffs to stash. Ty Chandler, Sean Tucker, Keontae Ingram, Rico Dowdle. Uh, probably got to throw Jerome Ford on there. Did anybody say Ty J Spears' name? Uh, he's. I was about to say him too. He's fifty-one percent rostered. Played right. a ton. Only got four touches. Yeah, that's somebody who needs to be rostered too. Was wide open for a long touchdown. Tannehill, who had the worst game ever. I bet. I bet Tannehill was the lowest graded passer in Week One. I'll look it up. But I bet not. he bounces back. <laughs> he was not. Where was he? Uh, he was 27th. Bryce Young and Daniel Jones were the two lowest rated. Of course. Of course, Daniel Jones. And Joe Burrow was third worst. Uh, all right. Uh, you know what? Before we get to wide receivers, I just forgot. I, I was going to ask about IDPs. I didn't find a single. I looked at our waiver wire. There wasn't one guy that really jumped out to me, had a big game, played a ton that wasn't rostered. I, I didn't see an IDP steal out there. I was looking for linebackers who got a lot of tackles. There's a couple of Steelers linebackers that are interesting. Cole Holcomb wasn't very good. I thought he'd be the best for IDP purposes. I don't know. Dave, you can think about IDP. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, wide receivers. All right, the shallow league wide receivers are Tony. Well, Jamie, you have Tony, Quentin Johnston, Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, and Romeo Dobbs on here. And Jacoby Myers. Okay, and Jacoby Myers. He's right at the 65 66% range. So Tony, Quentin Johnston, Moore, Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, Dobbs, and Jacoby Myers. Your overall thoughts on that group? A lot to like. I mean, Dobbs, I, I, clearly, you know, playing with still whatever hamstring problem he's dealing with. That's an, that's an easy one to pick up. Uh, Myers, if he clears the concussion protocol, clears a rapport there with Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Josh McDaniels likes him. And so it could be a problem for, uh, for Devontae Adams. And then Nico Collins, you know, we said all along, all, all summer, he was going to be the lead receiver for the Texans. And I, I know Robert Woods had six catches in that game, but still Collins profiles as a much better fantasy option. So, you know, should be picked up in, in the majority of leagues as well. I knocked my camera out and now I'm on a different camera. So <laughs> what did you, did you do? Uh, there we are. I knocked by like the connection. We got a view of what it's like to be one of your children. <laughs> um, okay. So good options there on the waiver wire if you're in the shallower leagues or a different website. The wide receivers we like are Nakua, Zay Jones, Josh Reynolds. Dave, do you have any disagreement with Zay Jones over Josh Reynolds? Who would be your number two wide receiver after Nakua? Nakua, Jacoby, and Josh Reynolds are my top three. And then I have another receiver ahead of Zay Jones if you're just taking a passive, need-a-sleeper, long-term approach, and that's DJ Chark. Because I don't know when Chark's going to play again. Who knows? But they need a downfield guy in that offense. Uh, Zay would be after that. I, I don't know how many times this year the Jaguars are going to play a lot of 12 personnel and keep Christian Kirk off the field. And I'm almost certain that that won't be the case this week. 
And so Zay, Zay Jones is one of those dispensable mm. type of wide receivers where you could use them for a week, get your 10 or 12 PPR points, and then put them back on the waiver wire. Yeah, I have some Greg Dulcich news I'll get to in a moment here, but I have not. Is it good? No. Yeah. I have not mentioned Tutu Atwell. Six catches, 119 yards on eight targets at Seattle compared to Nikola. He should be on the list targets. too, but behind a lot of the receivers we've mentioned. Uh huh. What about a what about a Steelers wide receiver with Deontay out and maybe Fryermuth too? Any interest? You're talking about Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin, like yeah. I'd rather have Zay Jones. Not a lot of interest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tight ends. Dulcich is going to miss. But a again, few don't weeks. forget guys like Rashid Shahid and, and Kendrick Bourne. Like I was about to ask you about Shahid because we didn't really talk about him. Late, you know, you you don't have to go your first or second waiver priority, but they look good. And actually, Shahid finished really strong last year as a rookie, so mm-hmm. maybe there's something to that. Eight percent rostered. So the point of those names is you you can put in dollar bids for them if you miss on Nakua and you don't want to go 17% on Puka Nakua, put in a buck or two on, uh, I don't know if you can get Reynolds for two, but Reynolds, Zay, Tutu Atwell. Did we talk about Jaden Reed? Because I think no. Jaden Reed is going to be pretty good. He's 76% available. Shahid, um, Kendrick Bourne. Like th- these, th- every week there's going to be wide receivers that you can get for a dollar or two. So you don't have to necessarily go crazy on Nakua unless you really need a receiver who uh, who can be pretty good rest of season. All right, tight ends. You take a look and see if Sam Laporta and Cole Komet are available. Do you like Laporta and Komet better than the more widely available guys like Ferguson? Juwan Johnson's right on the border at 65%. But, Jamie, do you like Laporta and Komet better than Ferguson or Hurst? I like Laporta better than all of them. Uh, Komet, to me, is in that next group of guys. Yeah. Okay, Hurst with five catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. He led the Panthers in every receiving category. He gets the Saints this week, who were, uh, I think, the best against tight ends in 2022. They just shut down Chig Okonkwo. Well, sort of. Tannehill also did because he missed Chig <laughs> wide open. Um, there's Musgrave, 50 yards, nearly had a touchdown in his first game. I said this Should yesterday. Had it, yeah. if, if Zach Ertz had caught that touchdown, that was he was open and Dobbs threw too high, then he ends up with with ten targets, seven catches, a touchdown. He's probably going to be added in a lot of leagues, um, but the stat line just doesn't look as good. Six catches for twenty one yards on ten targets gets the Giants this week. Uh, Hunter Henry was good. Logan Thomas had eight targets. Durham Smythe had seven. Anybody a must add at tight end? Oh, if Laporte is out there, I would say that he's a must-add. Yeah, and Ferguson. I think of the guys that are widely available. Are you are you like dropping everything to pick up Ferguson? Dropping everything, uh, like no. it, right? Like, let's say you you your tight end stunk in week one. It's one of the late tight ends. Higby are is are you gonna are you making Ferguson a higher priority if you're good on wide receiver? You're good on running back. You just need a, a tight end that's got some upside. Um, yeah, I would put him in the top 10 of guys to add. I don't know if I'd put him in the top five of guys to add, but that's a great question, Adam, because prior to Cooper Cups being prior to Cooper Cup being placed on IR, I had Ferguson ranked ahead of Higby, and then I made the switch and put Higby ahead of Ferguson, and now I'm not loving that. Uh, you know what I'm not loving? Waivers are going to take me an hour and a half today. It's just going to be a long one. 
How many leagues are you in? Eleven. And the Fab it's leagues too long. Like everybody loves Fab. Fab is great. If you play in a lot of Fab leagues, it, it's, it takes a lot of time. It's like a salary cap draft. They're great. They're fun. You do a lot of them. That's their commitment. The Fab leagues take time. That's yeah. fine. I'm well, not complaining. You know what you have gonna to do. Be, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long day. You know what you have to do, baby. What? You light the candle. <laughs> the and you put on the Barry White. And you just sit back in your chair. Unbutton that top button. Oh, yeah. It's waiver hub time. <laughs> just you and your waivers for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's a lot of time. All right. DST streamers, Browns. <laughs> Browns, Giants, Packers, and Lions for Jamie. And kickers, Jake Moody, Nick Folk, Brandon Aubrey, and Riley Patterson, and Brandon McManus. You ready for IDPs? I'm down with IDPs. Yeah, you know me. Here are the guys that are available in our IDP league. Jamie, grab a pencil. Jermaine Pratt. I don't know if he's still going to be out there in many leagues. Reed Blankenship in Philly is a pretty good defensive back. Had 12 total tackles. Cater Kohu, nine total tackles and a sack for Miami. Uh, Deshaun Elliott also with Miami, 13 tackles in week one. Alohi Gilman starting safety with 11 total tackles for the Chargers in week number one. If you're looking for a defensive lineman, sorry. <laughs> so Josh Allen had a huge game. Jo- Josh Allen, the defender, was much, much better than the quarterback. He was. 18 sure. points in our league, but you know that had to do with Anthony Richardson playing. Yeah, keep that in mind. I mean, with Anthony Richardson, you could get a lot of tackles because Allen right. had eight tackles, which is really rare for... An edge rusher, basically. All right, we got to go. We'll talk to you. uh, (laughs) We got uh, what a strange note we just got from our producer. Uh, I got to go. I need to move my car. Okay, well, I guess we're all leaving then. (laughs) We'll talk to you tomorrow with some buy or sell, some buy low, sell high, and more things that have to do with buying and selling on Fantasy Football Today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.